Hi, I'm Lori Denning, and welcome to my podcast, The 20-Minute Scriptorian, where I explore the LDS scriptures and the path of the disciple of Christ. I'm a longtime gospel doctrine teacher, sometime institute and seminary teacher, and a current theology student. My friends and I are often discussing history, context, and theology, and thought that you might appreciate it too. I think of it as a bridge between academic and inspiration. However, these opinions are my own and not an official representation of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks again for listening, and I hope this will be a blessing to you on the road to discipleship. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. I'm changing things up a little. I know we've been recording classes, but I thought what we'd do instead is do little 20-minute segments. Hopefully, it'll be a little bit smaller, a little bite-sized. Maybe we can look at some context and some history and then jump in to little segments of the lesson from each week. I hope to do a few each week, so maybe a little more helpful? Let me know what you think. Well, here we are. We're in Acts, so what I thought we would do today is take a step back. Whenever I'm looking at the scriptures, we t- uh, I notice we tend to have a kind of a bad habit, is that we, we jump into the smallest element we could find, a verse, a couple of verses, a line, and we immediately jump to our personal application. And we call that eisegesis, what we think it means. That's awesome, it's valuable, it's powerful. We're really good at it. One thing we don't do very well is we don't take a step back and say, well, what does it mean? What was the author trying to intend? Why was it written? How was it written? What part of the story is this coming to? So I thought maybe we'd look at that a little bit in the book of Acts. So I know we're there already, so take a deep breath. Let's take a step back, see what we can learn. A couple things I thought that were interesting, mm, not that doctrinally interesting, but super interesting for me. The first part is who wrote Acts? And everyone says, oh, it's Luke. It's the Gospel of Luke and Acts. And actually for either one of them, we don't actually know. So it never says, hey, this is Luke, and I'm writing the book of Acts. Uh, but why we think that it's Luke is that somewhere in about the second century, even the earliest manuscript we have says it was the gospel according to Luke. And then the, what they call the first fathers, they're the, the bishops and the church fathers of the first, second, third, fourth century. They said that who it was. So no reason to disbelieve them. Maybe they, they knew, but it, it could be three or 400 years later. But Irenaeus is about the third century. He said it was written by Luke, and he was one of Paul, Paul's mission companions. Uh, Clement, a little bit later, Origen, um, it, they all say it was Luke. So we're going to go with Luke, but just so you know, nobody knows. Um, additionally, Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Acts, is one way to think of it, are really two parts of the same book. So they start out the same, they have really similar, similar parallels. We may get to that today, but they, they read very well if you look at some of the parallels between them and say, hey, they were written some of the same way. One thing that I like to think about is what the style is written in. Some people, uh, we use genre, lots of genres. They're big genres, little genres. It's just kind of the what kind of book it is. The kind of book that we probably see the most common in both the Old Testament, New Testament, and the Book of Mormon is what we call narrative. It's like read by a narrator, sometimes a named narrator, right? So it's a story, and we love them because they are stories. When we look at narrative, a couple things that have helped me is that when you look at the narrative, you think 
the first thing we do is we say, well, what's happening? And then we repeat the story. Well, Paul went here, and then Peter said this, and then so-and-so shows up, and then they all burn to death, or whatever the story is. And we're really good at knowing what happened. That's good. We need to start with that. The question we should ask about narrative is, why is this in the story? Not only why is it in the story, but what is the author trying to tell me about this story? Where do we even find that out? And, and let me show you a couple places that we can. Sometimes you can find the whole theme of the book right in the beginning of the book. It'll say, and this was told because X, Y, Z. Um, Judges is one of my favorite. The book of Judges is like, and this happened because everyone did what they thought was right and they just went their own way. They just decided for themselves. And then here's a story about how well that panned out. And uh, Acts has a good story. Let me uh, jump to it really quick. Uh, okay, so what was the purpose then of Acts? Just go right to the beginning of Acts 1. And, and Luke is saying, hey, in my former book, Theophilus, the book Gospel of Luke, I wrote about everything that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. And that's how it ends, if you remember. And so he goes through everything Jesus did, everything he taught from his crucifixion and resurrection until the day he was taken up into heaven. And then after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Yep, that's how the other book went. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion, he said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then it jumps down and he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the very beginning of the book of Acts is saying, hey, this is a what happened not only after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, but how the Spirit is going to come upon the apostles, and then how they are going to go to from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and all the earth. And that's almost a little geographical diagram. It's going out, out, out. And then that's the story that we follow. So we're saying, hey, this is how we got here. So interesting, Paul, this is, Paul dies in probably the 60s. So somewhere, let's say 63, 65. This is probably written in the 80s. So this is written to a group of people that have that are like, hey, how did we get this far? Because the church is all over uh, parts of Europe and and Asia and the Middle East and they're like wow how did it get this far so they're writing Luke is writing and saying hey this is how this happened so he's looking back in the past for us I think what's really cool is how did it get that way and then uh, it makes a little more sense in the story one last thing on what the how the story ends Luke the story of Luke ends with the ascension of Jesus the story of Acts so flip to the very last few verses of Acts it has a super odd ending. So this book is really structured. We'll talk more about that in a second. But it keeps going and it's super structured and then all of a sudden it ends like this. So at the very end uh, Paul makes a statement and he quotes Isaiah and then at the, towards the end verse 28 says I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. Wow that's powerful. You're like yep it's continuing on. And then it just says and for two years Paul stayed there and rented a house and welcomed all who came and he proclaimed the kingdom with boldness and without hindrance. And it just hangs there. Now, I think the author, Luke, is brilliant. I think what he's saying is it doesn't end. 
the story doesn't end. The story of Acts is your story, reader. It's our story even today. Hey, where do you find yourself in this story of the Savior and your path with Christ? It, this is your story too. Wherever you find yourself, whether it's 85 AD or 2019 or 2050, God's salvation has been sent and they'll listen. Is that you? Wow, powerful, right? Okay, so there's a little bit on the structure. So it's narrative. Uh, another zinger that I think is really cool about the book of Acts is how many speeches there are. So in the first eight chapters of Acts, there are nine speeches. So I'm gonna say it again. There are, in the first eight chapters, there are nine speeches. They make up half of the narrative of that period. And, and, and the way Luke uses these is kind of what we're talking about in the beginning. Narrative, you're like, well, it's tell me what happens, but I'm not always sure I know why it happens. And what Luke does is he uses this speeches, speech to be really clear and tell you what it means. So you get a story and then you get a speech and you get some more story and you get a speech. So it's like what happened, why it happened, what happened, why it happened. So let's go back to, let's see, chapter five. Hold on, let me pause this and jump there and let's read. Okay, chapter five of Acts is this really crazy story and I'm on a bunch of Facebook study groups and um, can I just be honest, everyone seems to just get super excited about that this is about the law of consecration or the united order and these guys died and something and i oh okay i think that could be there but i think guys i think we're missing the point of this story because i think luke tells us what the point of this story is and we get kind of jumped into our culture and what's happening to us i mean that would be like getting on a plane and flying to a country uh let's say we fly to france we get off and we're like, okay, everybody, I hope everyone speaks English and where's McDonald's? When we travel back to this ancient scripture, we probably need to take our guidebook and say, well, what language are they speaking in? And what was their point uh, before we get too excited? Um, not to say anything about the law of consecration. I believe in that. It's just, I think we get tied up uh, in what we think it means before we see what Luke wants you to get out of it. So let's look at Acts 5 for a second. So this is the story, really, really strange story, where Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, sell some property, and then they both knew they kept back some of the money. So everyone's, um, uh, this law of consecration is coming up, and they're, they're starting to sell other goods, and they give the money to the apostles uh, for the support. And Peter um, realizes what has happened, and he says, hey, and it's interesting in verse 3, he says, hey, Ananias, like Satan has filled your heart, and you have lied. He doesn't say to me. He says, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. And remember the whole theme? The Holy Spirit is going, this is the acts of the Holy Spirit. This is the acts of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. And you have lied to the Holy Spirit and you've kept some of the money for yourself. And didn't you say, and then, you know, to repeats the story. And he says again, you have not, uh, you have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And then Ananias falls down dead. And then the next line tells us the point. Are we supposed to say, oh no. It says, and great fear seized all that had happened. And then his wife, same thing kind of happens to his wife. And then it goes back to verse 11. So you read the story, everyone's dying, and it's like, oh gosh, this is crazy. So, so Sapphira dies, and Ananias dies. And here's everyone's reaction. This is what Luke's trying to help us with. It says, great fear seized the whole church and all who had heard about these events. And in fact, it says that people were a little bit afraid of them, um, that they, the apostles performed signs and wonders, 
and all the believers would meet, and no one really wanted to join them. Even though they were highly regarded, it scared them. Okay, so are we supposed to get the, boy, we should be scared of this stuff. We should be really scared. No, no. I, I think what it's trying to say is when we commit to these things and this, that God and, and the things of the Spirit are serious and they are powerful, this is a powerful God. This is the power of the Spirit. It is all-powerful here. And so when we lie to it, it's serious. So I don't think it's supposed to be about fear, but it is saying, hey, these are the acts of the Holy Ghost. These are the acts of what happened. And it was powerful, and it's not something you mess around with. This is really from God. So just remember, this is a new religion for them. So they're, tr they're telling the people, look how powerful the Spirit was. So they're doing good things. The people were lying. Bam! Could it be about the uh, law of consecration? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think that's the point at all. And in fact, it doesn't look like that's what Luke wants you to believe either. Okay? So some of the reasons why we get through these narratives is there'll be those lines like that. Sometimes at the beginning, right? This is about the acts of the Spirit. Sometimes it's at the end, like uh, judges. And this is because everyone did their own thing, <laughs> what they thought was right. And then on this one, at the end of the story, it says, this is because of X, Y, Z. Oh. Well, there's the purpose right there. Another place we can find it, especially, there's so much narrative in Acts, are these speeches. So when you look at the speeches, they will interpret the story for the reader. So Peter has a Pentecost speech in, in Acts 2, starts in 14, and it's pretty long. It goes to like verse 36. And he interprets the wind and the tongues of fire far more directly for us, the reader, than for the diaspora Jews in Jerusalem. This is much more for us who were like, I don't understand what this would have been. This is all new. Um, for the Jews, they might have understood it. But he's telling, Peter explains it, so we understand what it is. So, so take a look at this almost back and forth of the uh, speeches and the narrative in, in the book or in any book. Uh, but it's really been helpful for me when I jump in and read this in the book of Acts. All right. I think that's all I've got. Not quite 20 minutes, so forgive me for that. Let's just call it a snippet for today. But Acts is awesome. It's an incredible book. It deserves our attention. Uh, next time, we'll jump into some of the stories for Come Follow Me, and we'll use some of these techniques of narrative, speech, and reading the big picture and see what we learn. All right, see you next time.